0: Hello again. Hopefully you heard the last of our climate crisis conversations which was between youth climate activist Martha Stringer and the Climate Psychology Alliance's Caroline Hickman. If you didn't, do go back and listen because we're about to hear how that conversation continued. These two sat and chatted to each other for ages. Um, They were finding a lot of mutual empathy, but also just by bouncing off each other, they were coming up with some brilliant ideas, not least how to redesign the national curriculum. So it's brilliant stuff, Um, but the the Climate Crisis Conversation series has the subtitle Catastrophe or Transformation. So we join Caroline and Martha now talking initially about what a truly transformed society might look like and even addressing the question of what does this climate and biodiversity crisis give us. So here's Martha.
1: It's a massive opportunity um, for equality. hmm. Um, and also beyond he- equality between humans, mm. but also actually starting to respect the other living things. Well,
2: that's right. It's not just equality between people, is it? It's yeah. it's actually it's putting the planet and the other inhabitants of the planet in their rightful place.
1: Yeah, and and you know the more the more you see of animals and plants, mm. you know they're incredible, and animals are so sentient, and we mm. we have so much in common.
2: Well, their wisdom just astonishes me
1: yeah.
2: you know they've got wisdom and complex ways of doing things that we, we could never possibly do mm. I'm obsessed with seagrass at the moment it's, okay. just, it's just like we, it absorbs 40% more carbon than tropical rainforests.
1: yeah I right? haven't heard that it's
2: crazy but we're dredging it all up just to for fish, fish, yeah, stop you know. eating
1: fish, everybody
2: well, and and stop well, you know, if you caught line caught sustainable fish once a week and you paid the correct price for it mm. I mean for me. I don't think people have to completely, completely stop eating meat and fish, mm. but I think they should pay the correct price. Yeah. So it should not be subsidised. Yes. Right. In which case, a fish would probably cost you twenty pounds or something. Mm. Right. Mm. Well, that's fine. So eat a fish, yeah. but pay twenty quid for it, yeah. which is naturally going to knock out the majority of people. Yeah. Well, you'd save up and you'd have fish or meat once a month or something. Yeah. And if I it's mean, sustainable I, and if it's organic and mixed farming methods.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, I mean the that. the ways that we're we're sourcing our food is just so unsustainable. Mm. Um mm. people always say to me, Oh, but if you were on a desert island you would eat meat.
2: It's not what people and say to you. People,
1: yeah, it's it's a classic like attack on the sort of vegan is viewpoint it? is like, Oh, but you're you're a mammal, you're designed to eat meat and it's like I don't have a problem with the natural food chain. I have a problem with industrial yeah industrial farming, yeah. We're treating Living individual animals as cogs in a machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's just horrendous if you look mm-hmm. at it. If mm-hmm. you look at it. No, I don't. Um, but something that really massively scared me um, when I went to an Extinction Rebellion event was they were talking about unsustainable farming, mm. and they said we have forty harvests left, mm. and we are just kind of going on and that's chucking so- away the soil erosion,
2: isn't it, and yeah. soil quality. Yeah.
1: It's just, just terrifying.
2: So what happened to you when you heard that?
1: So okay, so I had a kind of bit of a. I've I've always had quite good mental health, <laughs> right. but it's been was the worst period of my mental health. I had about two weeks, um, and it was quite interesting because myself and a friend had a very very similar experience, of it. So right. we both went to an Extinction Rebellion event called the Spring Uprising in Bristol. Yeah, and it was a sort of very immersive weekend. Okay. Um, of just a lot of like i said a lot of raw emotion and conversation mm. and discussion um, and it was a complete re- emotional roller coaster because there were really massive highs where i was like wow i found so many amazing people who fi- i found finally found my people yeah. um and you know there was hope being thrown around but there was also just like unbelievably depressing facts just being i was just being bombarded by them really? um, watched a film called age of stupid okay. have you seen that mm. Um and yeah, a few other mm. things and and it was just like, oh, a complete overwhelm. yeah, um, and the friend I went with, we sort of both went away and were just like seeing everything through new eyes, mm. just like, how can you be having this mundane conversation about, I don't know, TV mm. like and just like seeing everything as like, oh my god, it's all it's all the, the calm t- before the storm, yeah. It was a real sort of mental process for me, mm. and I was very emotional and um, just just depressed. Mm. I was just like, "What? this is massive, and I can't even begin to unpick and understand this stuff, and I haven't got time to learn it, I haven't oh. got time to understand it. And I kind of, I really toyed with the idea of not going to university and just joining... Or working for Extinction Rebellion, or even just going somewhere and just spending all my time planting trees, yeah. or just because I just wanted to do something. Yeah. Because there's so much talk and reading and writing, and and where's the action? And so me and my friend, we had a lot of conversations, and we basically we you know we got to carry on. What we're gonna do? Got to think about the next meal and stop feeling guilty about eating and. <laughs> Do um, you
2: feel guilty about eating?
1: Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm not going to not eat. I love eating. <laughs> but you, you kind of... You, there's this whole mindset where every plate of food, you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, think of all the countries this has come from and right. and everything that's involved in producing that plate. And I sort of had this sort of, oh, my God, make the most of it while it's still mm. there because in 30 years' time, mass starvation, who knows?
2: So it sounds like you didn't get any break from conscious awareness of this
1: yeah and that was what was the change was it's always always been in the back of my head mm. but this was just sort of
2: Well this put it at the front overriding it. yeah
1: and so also feeling guilty even when something else came to the front and then I was like but that's not important well, really <laughs> well you weren't allowed to have any other concerns or anything no else? no I just felt guilty for sort of any less important thoughts (laughs) Mm. (laughs) which is crazy and I'm not
2: no listen I don't think this is crazy at all um, so don't worry Um, I don't want to get competitive about craziness either but um, no I don't think this is crazy I think this is um, immersion that you were just immersed in it and you had this kind of massive wake up all Mm. at once and your whole consciousness your whole sort of awareness was not allowed this is not a bad thing. I'm not judging this either way. But you weren't allowed to go back to who you were before. Yeah. Because everything had changed. Mm. It's a bit like what happens to soldiers when they go to, in, into battle. Mm. Um, they come back and it, they sort of say, nothing can be the same again. So it was a mass trauma event. Yeah. It sounds like you were traumatised by it in a way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't see it as... It was, wasn't was a bad thing no, that I'm happened not, to I'm me.
2: I'm not saying it has,
1: it's it, bad. It definitely it was definitely a switch, but then again, I feel like I've kind of come back down to how more like how I was before. Not the same, but I'm kind of I found more balance now.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but does
2: that balance? Let me ask you. Does that balance incorporate what you gained when you went to the Extinction Rebellion weekend? Oh, definitely. Right. So you've gone from kind of bitter sleep. I'm putting it simply. So tell me if I'm getting this wrong. Bitter sleep to. Super over the top awake, mm. and you've settled now in the middle, which yeah. is kind of like awake enough. Yeah, but you can also step back
1: from it. Can you step back from it? Yeah, no, I do step back from can it. You and have you can't in front of trash TV. I just can't think about it all the time. Right, it's you know? just not right. possible, and it's not good for me. Good. Um, and also, I I think this <laughs> is what what but, made me but come but out. Of I'm it. saying good because that means I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, I give you permission. Oh, thank you. (laughs) This is the thing, the support, you know, we don't have to all carry the weight of the world all the time. Not all the time, Um, no. We can carry it between us. It won't be very heavy if seven billion people carry it. Yeah, I think what brought me out of this sort of constant, sort of quite negative immersion was I was just like, okay, I've been feeling awful about this. Mm. And that's kind of, I've, I've sort of sacrificed my mental health yet achieve nothing with it Mm. um and myself and my friend kind of came to the same point where we were like do you know what makes you feel so much better It's actually just doing something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i it's so true like as soon as you start even the smallest things starting to align your ethics with your actions Mm -hmm. then you suddenly um can forgive yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and I think what's really hard with this particular issue is f- in order for me to fully align my ethics and my actions, I would have to be living in a cave. Like, just kind of <laughs> it would just be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Completely sort of socially ostracised. Yeah. So there's constant so compromise. You be, you,
2: no, I, wanna, I just want to hear about this for a second. <laughs> living in a cave, what? Sort of wearing
1: yes Nothing? completely self-sufficient
2: completely what well, you grow all your own food yeah and you drink water from the stream
1: yeah and i but another part of me is like running for the hills is not going to solve the issue because right. it needs to be solved from within yeah you know we need, we need a society that functions mm. in a sustainable way Hmm. we can't just have people run away
2: so tell me how do we achieve a society that functions in a sustainable
1: way I have no Easy idea question.
2: Oh, <laughs> I know I know I'm teasing you but it's,
1: it's
2: a hellish question isn't it
1: it's a hellish question but I, I just I really believe that we can do it Yeah, you I just do. all this environmental damage yeah. it's happened within the majority of it it's happened within one human lifetime you know that's, yeah. that is such a short amount of time
2: not all of it, but a significant.
1: A, a big the majority.
2: chunk of it. Yeah, the majority.
1: And then that's what gives me hope. Is it's like, I, I'm at the beginning of my life. I hadn't thought of that. But you're absolutely right. I'd never seen it that way, but
2: you're right. It's happened within a human lifetime.
1: It's one human lifetime. And it's, it's crazy if it you think way. about that in, the, in terms of the history of how old the whole planet is. And how, how, how old humanity is.
2: Well, you've made me look at that slightly differently to the way I've looked at it before.
1: Yeah. I just think we have we have a real learned helplessness. Mm-hmm. Who's the psychologist here? You and me. <laughs> <laughs> I like reading about it. Yeah, well, you're brilliant because you're spot on
2: because <laughs> you keep trotting out these psychological terms. Do I? <laughs> yeah, No. know, and you're spot on. So tell us about the, the learned helplessness.
1: I think people like to abdicate all responsibility. and yeah. People really don't believe in the power of the individual. Yeah. And I've had times thinking that myself as well, but I think maybe I'm young and naive and optimistic, but I just, I think we've got to try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really frustrates me when I meet other young people who are just like, oh, it's impossible. Oh, you're being, you're being unrealistic. Oh, and, and they, I feel like they're just copying what their dad told them. Right. <laughs> and they're right. just, you know, they, yeah. they're sort of, they're just accepting they're just all this is this is how it is and there's nothing I can do about it, so I'm not going to try and I'm just going to mm. keep adding to the problem. But
2: that's another form of denial again, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it is denial. You know? But I, I, I kind of what was it you feel empowered yourself? by trying to do something.
2: Yeah, well, that's phenomenal. You called yourself, what was it? Young, naive and optimistic. And you're, what you're doing is you're saying that as if they were insults, mm. as if they were things to throw at someone and say, well, we won't listen to you because you're young or naive or optimistic, you know?
1: Yeah, I think the young, naive, optimistic thing mm. is sometimes older people make me or people of my age, people like me feel yeah, um, yeah. to sort of belittle us. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I very, very willingly admit that I'm naive, I don't... I want to know more and I'm always trying to learn more and I kind of think you're, we're always going to all be naive because there's too much to know about this it's too massive
2: I, I think you're absolutely spot on I think that is used as an insult to silence you yeah to silence young people but it's not just young people I mean it's used to mm. silence women it's used to silence any sort of group that is relatively powerless by the most powerful group you know mm. and, and it's turning you into kind of this kind of other that can be dismissed and silenced and shut up. It's very insulting. And they were doing it to Greta, weren't they? There was, there was someone, one of the um, MPs in the UK sort of put this thing in the paper saying, yes, Greta, you know, I thought I knew everything at 16 as well. So patronising. Uh, I hate So it. dismissive. And really, I mean, what enrages me, because I get really quite angsty about this, is actually that's their problem. And really, the problem is, is that I think the youth climate strikers are confronting adults, not only with their own inaction, but the clarity with which you speak and the simplicity of your message can't be kind of like muddled up
1: yes yeah it's clear mm.
2: it's simple mm. so and it cuts through defenses in ways that I think rather sort of clever arguments maybe just don't
1: yeah you know no I think and like you said Greta is just a perfect example of that yeah because she 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 just when she spells it out it's like yeah. yeah like what why what is happening this is mm. insanity mm. um mm. And it just cuts away all the all the rubbish sort of yeah. people just pissing about the margins, banning cotton buds and and <laughs> sort of posing and oh, but we have set this target for fifty years time, and we're doing really well, really. You know, we need to tackle this head on. This yeah. is serious.
2: Uh, do you think that's a distraction? Do you think that we kind of get the banning of the plastic straws and the banning of the cotton buds and the getting rid of plastic carry bags, not that they're bad things to ban, of course, we want to get rid of them, but do you think they're kind of dropped out to us? So I have cynical moments where I think that that's sort of like an appeasement. Yeah. It's, it's like, right, here yeah. you go, there you go, you've achieved something, everything is going to be all right, you mm. know?
1: Yeah, yeah, It's. I think it's exactly that as an appeasement. And it's greenwashing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of become a new consumerist ploy. Okay, oh my God, yeah. It's, it's a new consumerist ploy. Yeah. And it's like, we don't want to make any... Even little sacrifices in our lives. We're like, okay, if we must, we'll maybe replace our toothbrush with a bamboo one because you know <laughs> I can maybe stretch to that. But you know, I'm I'm never gonna give up my meat, or I'm never gonna give up my four by four. No. I think the thing is, is people come, to start seeing all these luxuries that we yeah. have as necessities, and they just can't bear to part with them. Yeah. So we're just sort of yeah, like I said, just pissing about with like the really ridiculous stuff which obviously the ridiculous stuff little stuff needs to go but it's not counts.
2: enough it counts no i mean it's i feel a real dilemma around it because you know i get really upset about the images of the whales dead on beaches with stomachs full of plastic um you know and and turtles who are just eating plastic in the sea so you know i'm desperate for all of that to be got rid of so of course it really really matters yeah. and i think it's not e- it's not either or i think it's both and and i think it's a distraction from the main event which is what yeah. you're saying
1: i think mm. i think part of the problem it's like we've been saying like because it's such a massive Yeah. Issue to get our heads around. We we want to simplify it. Mm. And part of me really wants it to be simple. I want there to be some perfect environmental leader that tells me what to do and I can live my life by them and then I don't have to make all these decisions myself. You know? And so so we've tried to make it simple. So plastic's the baddie. Yeah. You know? And it's as simple as that. And if you just Mm. get this reusable coffee cup problem solved, you can wash yourself of that guilt. Right. You know, it's the same thing with recycling. It's kind of just for our own like feeling good about ourselves yeah not to say that i don't like you know i do it as well it is sensitive to talk about it's tricky isn't Mm. it yeah i mean everything yeah it's just you can't do it right (laughs) 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 everything's an issue yeah
2: but a minute ago you were brilliant about you know i'm just human i'm just doing my best i've Mm. got to be compassionate to myself and the planet so you you know you were absolutely centered in that Mm. a little while back Mm. and now it
1: it is yeah, it, I kind of have a constant pendulum. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right <laughs> in I'm, my head.
1: Is yeah. this, but isn't that maybe necessary?
2: Because sometimes I think we have to go away from something, and get some distance from it, and then come back to it. And it, because it is incredibly uncomfortable, mm. you know, to sit with those feelings. The this idea of staying with the trouble. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah,
2: but not drowning in
1: it. Oh yeah, and that's something my friend said to me when I was feeling super depressed about it, mm. was, um, you know, why are you so upset about this? What is... You know, there's a reason that you're upset about this, and okay. it's because you value your life and you value the planet and you love things, mm. you know? So so take time to appreciate what is still here and, and appreciate what's happening now. And, mm. and it's interesting because I really feel that since I kind of have become more intensely aware of environmental issues... I've come to really appreciate things, hmm. you know, I I really appreciate every flower and every bee and every, because I, maybe it's that very human thing of fear of losing it. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, you have to step back and you can't constantly be battling with it.
2: But that's a genius question your friend asked you.
1: Yeah, she's, she's like, very perceptive.
2: You know, what's that about? Yeah.
1: She's like, like, you know, it's something worth fighting for, you know. Yeah. If you if you really thought that you would kill yourself. <laughs> but you know, you still want to live and enjoy things and yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> we talked right at the very start about this idea about developing this alternative curriculum. And yes. that's certainly one of your demands. Yeah. Tell me what you want on the curriculum.
1: What do okay. you want on there? I would love for um, Teachers to present students with the information we already have and, and very updated information because I feel like the things that kids are taught about the environment um, is sort of very standardized and sort of. This is pollution. This is the water cycle. Because <laughs> school, you know, school's got to prepare us for the future. Yeah. And this is going to be our futures. This is this is going to be the biggest issue of so, our time.
2: So, do you think we need to be preparing you within the curriculum for? Because given that we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. No. So, do you think we've got to project forward and think about the worst possible outcome?
1: No, I I think what I would have loved at school would be to be very honestly presented with, this is the issue. This is what we've got right now. These, these are the technologies that we've got. These are the debates that people are having in the real world. You know, how cost effective is this wind turbine versus offshore? You know, like I I think it would be really um, productive to be given these sort of problem solving um, exercises. Yeah. Um, to To get kids to weigh stuff up in their heads, yeah. because I think that would um, also teach them the sort of small scale weighing weighing up options in terms of I don't know which loaf of bread am I going to buy? Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I think that's really important. So you can weigh things up kind of on a national scale
1: mm-hmm. and on a
2: personal scale, but also on an international scale.
1: Yes. Yeah. Right.
2: Because I think this curriculum has to be international and not Definitely. just local or national.
1: Yeah, it should be about global issues. Yeah. Um, But I also... Part of me thinks that it should be... Maybe half of it is, like, a very global focus. Mm -hmm. But then maybe the other half is really local. Okay. Because um, I think one of the big issues with the way climate is communicated is it's always distant. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's the polar bears. It's the people in the third world countries who are being hit by hurricanes, you know? And I think that's part of the reason that it doesn't really... Register because it's not it's not them it's it's not personal. Yeah. As soon as you make it personal and local and about the community, it becomes more real. So, yeah, yes, it's a global issue. It would be amazing as well if kids maybe sort of set up some kind of dialogue with other kids in another country. Or... I was thinking
2: that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. But then you could also then take on uh, local issues in a global way. Yeah. so you could be dealing with your local issues and they can be dealing with their local issues but you can then be talking to each other about them because you'll find that there's real similarities between those local issues yeah definitely yeah, okay so half global, half local I'm getting you to design the curriculum You don't to. <laughs> how
1: so, exciting yeah.
2: <laughs> so what else? what do we need to give you to prepare you for the future?
1: a lot of things
2: <laughs> do you think we need to give you psychology? the psychological understanding? Of how to manage these things, how to navigate these different yeah, ways. Yeah, I being. think we
1: need to be given um, tools to deal with it. Yeah. Because um, we're inevitably going to have some really tough realities we're going to have to deal with. So we need the social skills to be able to talk about that. I think we need. To, I think maybe we need to open up. I don't know teaching kids ways to to talk about the environment and talk about the effect it has on them
2: i think that's really important about teaching kids (coughs) communication Mm. um around this definitely yeah
1: because there's you know it's a taboo nobody talks about it Mm. and when they talk do talk about it it's like or quickly brush over it because it's a bit of a contentious issue really i think so well we don't want to upset you yeah or or the kids just see it as like oh climate change did that in school (laughs) <laughs> but, but then they don't make the connection, yeah, you know. Yeah, right. Um, right. I don't know. I did that in
2: year nine, sort of. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. So that's tick. It's done. Yeah, All Right, yeah, I get that. It's
1: not. They don't. They don't take it on. Yeah. I think. I think the reason that I want it to be a sort of, it, here's a problem. Think about it. Be in groups. Discuss it. Yeah. Is in Extinction Rebellion they have this people's assemblies thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, it was the most amazing experience being in one. Yeah. Because. People, we just generated amazing ideas, yeah. and it was so exciting because we all had thoughts, yeah. and they were all really di- different. And we had people from every age group—you know, there was a six-year-old and an eighty-year-old—and yeah. and people from all over the country. And obviously, we all had a sort of shared interest because we were all part of Extinction Rebellion. But I feel like we can really generate some amazing ideas if we sort of, so some of put
2: our, our together. So you, the structure of the curriculum could be some traditional teaching, which is kind of us teaching you. Yeah. But some of it, by the sound of it, needs to be you engaging in that learning process with us mm. through that kind of organisation, that group learning, yes. people's assemblies.
1: Because I think the case can okay. be that the teachers present, here's the information, here's where we're at, this is it, I'm giving you everything, this is everything we know. We don't have the solutions. Any ideas? <laughs> yeah,
2: but I think what's interesting is what comes out of that dialogue, mm. which is what we've been talking about today.
1: Yeah, and it—you know—different communities and you know indigenous people and like yes. there's all these groups that have tackled stuff. Yeah. You know, and and it might not be directly relevant, but I feel like there's a lot of knowledge to be drawn on. Um, so, so the
2: most broad knowledge. Yeah. And we talked earlier, didn't we, about the sort of the wisdom of nature.
1: Yes. Because um,
2: yeah. I would love to have uh, you know, a class in there about learning from seagrass. You know, let seagrass be your teacher this morning sort of thing. Or the dugong. You
0: know? <laughs> well, what
2: wisdom can we learn from dugong and the way they organise themselves and they live their lives?
1: Oh, yeah, because um, the other thing is I just, we don't know any natural history. I don't know any natural history. Do you I don't, not? I just don't feel like I know it. And I don't. Right. I would love to know, um, maybe like learn geography, learn the map of the world in terms of like, this is an ecosystem that's in I think that's really Central America or I don't know. You've really
2: shocked me, and I think you're absolutely right. We don't get taught natural history at school,
1: no, do we? There's no natural history. But it's really important. You know, I don't know, I'm ashamed to say I wouldn't be able to tell you what kind of tree that, oh, that is outside the window. Right um you know like i feel like hmm. i feel like that's lost knowledge there's a lost that's lost vocabulary like people don't talk about acorns and about otters and about i'm desperately desperately trying to work out
2: what it is i think it might be a maple yeah but it might be a sycamore i think it's sycamore actually because well, it's, it's got those, those seeds? are the
1: seeds yeah, it's a sy- yeah i think it's a sycamore
2: but i don't know um, I like what you're saying about the. She says moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, acorns. Acorns, conquer, sycamores. Do you know what happened? I think it was in 2013 or 14. Did you know what happened with the Oxford Junior Dictionary? No. They tried to take certain words out of the Oxford Junior Dictionary. Now, I'm going to tell you this, but you've got to promise not to scream, right? <laughs> the words they were trying to take out were otter, adder, acorn. Beach, ash, bluebell, buttercup, cowslip, heron. They said they were going to take them out because these words were no longer relevant to contemporary children. Yeah. Right. Now, what? Let's take a guess at what they were going to put in. Oh my God. App. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Funny that. Yes. Do you want to guess the
1: rest? Can you guess any of the others? Um. Blog, yeah, vlog. Blog graph.
2: Vlog, blog.
1: Yeah.
2: Chat room.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of replacing the natural world with the virtual world to an extent. But yeah. it's just, so yeah, I think in terms of... Super scary. Anyway, just
2: before you go on and are incredibly wise about that, which you're going to be in a minute, <laughs> um, they stopped it. Children's authors stopped it. They challenged it. and you know um, Robert McFarlane said it's this worrying idea that the natural world is disposable Yes. and what he did was he produced this amazing book as a result which is every single one of those words they want to take out is a page of illustrations Mm. of that word and Mm. that creature but he tweets, he does a tweet every day of one of those words because his idea is you've got to bring them back into conscious use And that's the way of keeping the heron alive, and the acorn and the bluebell alive. You know, because
1: it is lost knowledge. Yeah, I think even my maybe my parents feel like they they don't know it, so they're not they won't say, oh look at the sycamore tree, because you know, and I and I think we're just we're just because we don't rely on our immediate natural world anymore because everything's so globalized and everything you know we just get packaged. Everything's just presented to us in a package. This yeah. is a product.
2: So we don't know where it's come from. For us.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're just a lot... We just don't need to know so much. So we're less connected. Yeah. So I think I think maybe for the curriculum for young kids... Yeah, go on. I really subscribe to the Steiner School... Oh, yeah. ...model. Um, because how are we going to get adults who have grown up in a environment completely detached from nature to make them care about it? Mm, you know? Mm, so the kids have mm. got to get back to learning all those words
2: forest schools do some of that as exactly. Well, don't
1: exactly but what if every school had okay you've got to have an hour oh no half a day
2: <laughs> <laughs> i love I like what you're saying of course you're right uh, and because at the moment we have special places that you go to do this forest schools mm. steiner schools mm. so you go away from the mainstream to this special place that will do it yeah. you're right it should be in every school Anything else urgent for this curriculum?
1: I also just doing stuff. Um, like I would have loved at school to have just been sent to plant trees.
2: But given that this is preparing you for this new world, mm. you're going to need to know how to plant trees. Exactly. You're going to need to know how to yeah. grow vegetables, aren't mm. you?
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. T- being taught to grow vegetables. That yeah. is something we need to know how to do. Yeah. Um, and fix
2: clothes and yeah. do those things. Because mm. if we're going to create this alternative world, yeah. you need those You've skills. got to be
1: able to make the most of our resources yeah I've got lots of things to think about now yeah. Caroline thank you, you? <laughs> yeah have you
2: oh, that's, that's, <laughs> it's not just me sitting here listening to you going oh my gosh you know so much
1: I don't know so much well, you I do, want actually? to know
2: more and learn more well and I think that will approach. just happen inevitably because you're, you've got a curious mind and a curious heart so I think it's just going to happen I can't yeah, see you not continuing to how learn how I'm going
1: to spend my days I think <laughs>
0: Martha Stringer in conversation with the CPA's Caroline Hickman. What a lot of great food for thought. Climate Crisis Conversations is produced by the Climate Psychology Alliance in association with Parity Audio. I'm Verity Sharp. Join us again soon for more.